0: In the footsteps of Jesus from down under this is Nick Rita, your host. Welcome to the program. I'm very happy to be with you again and please stay with us. Today I've got with me here Gavin. Welcome to our program, Gavin. Thank you. It's very nice to, you know, to be able to bump into you just yes. the other day and this is um, you don't believe it it's <laughs> almost like a ad hoc plan, you know, yes. to to do a recording with you and uh, learn from you a bit of your story, your mm-hmm. walk with Jesus. Yes. I know just few things about you. And I wouldn't uh, say too much. I'll let you to
1: share with us a bit of your background, if you don't mind, uh, uh, Gavin. Okay, thank you, Nick. Yeah, well, I was. Uh, my story, I guess, began in Brisbane. I was born in Brisbane, but we went to Darwin uh, when we was, when I was seven years old. And, uh, of course, I was born a Seventh-day Adventist, Well, born a Seventh-day Adventist, but not necessarily born a Christian. <laughs> but uh, I went to Darwin when I was um, seven with my parents, and we uh, lived in Darwin for... Approximately 14 years. It was during that time I was brought up in the church. I began, um, I think it was after Cyclone Tracy, 1974. I picked up a guitar and a pathfinder leader taught me three chords. And I just started writing songs and singing then. But still, I I really wasn't, um, I was going along with the flow, sitting in the pew. And the thing that really happened to me first was I was riding my push bike and I went out to the velodrome. And I looked at the, the guys riding their push bikes, and, and I said, I want to do that. And I got hooked on sport. And uh, so for the first, from 15 to 20 years of age, I just, uh, my, my idol was sport, cycling. And uh, still going to church and uh, still singing up the front and doing all the things. But really my idol was, my God was sport. And uh, so we won everything in Darwin and I decided I needed to go to Brisbane to further my career, not with God necessarily, but with sport so i came down to uh, brisbane and i stayed with my grandparents there and uh, kept on cycling in the commonwealth games and uh, just in the supporting events there but i had some success but uh, really you know nick uh, i didn't even know where my bible was for six months of the year and uh but still in the church and still um you could say good but the one thing that happened to me significant was about in um, when I was 23 years of age I went out training with my father and uh, then that was early in the morning and then I would uh, ride my push bike to into Brisbane City and my friend and I would ride in 40 kilometers and one day I was on the inside of a truck and he was on the outside of this truck as it stopped at the lights right outside the Prince Alexander Hospital. Well what happened was I took off on the inside of that truck And for some reason, I don't know what happened. I think my rear tire rolled off because they're all one tire. You know how they stick on? Mm -hmm. And it rolled off and I fell. I fell in front of a semi trailer. And I don't remember, all I remember is looking over my shoulder and here comes a semi trailer. The truck driver didn't know he ran over me until uh, my bike, my push bike, was going around the wheels of the semi trailer. Wow. It wasn't until years later, the significance of that experience, that I realized now my feet were strapped in on those days. They had straps. They didn't have the clips. Mm-hmm. They had the straps. And I realized if a semi-trailer ran over, over the top of me and over my push bike and it went around the wheels, how come it didn't run over me? Mm. And I realized then that an angel must have come down instantly, undid my straps, pushed the bike away. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here today. Mm. And it ran 22 wheels, ran straight over the top of me and the only thing he got was uh, my hand. Mm. And, uh, anyway, and I can see you have a scar there. I have a scar there. And I, realized, I wondered one, one time, it wasn't until later on in my life that I realized that I wonder why God gave me a scar in my hand. And as I grew up and became more of a Christian, I realized that probably somebody else has got a scar in his hand. Mm. And I thought, when I look at my hand, I can, I can think of what Jesus did for me on the cross. he's got scars, and he, of course, when Jesus comes, I'll have a my scar will disappear, but his scars will always be there. Anyway, even at that time, but at 23, I still, even though I was going to church, um, I was still more interested in sport and um, cycling and all those type of things. It wasn't until a, a few years later that I rode my push bike to to camp. And uh in Brisbane, and as I went into the tent, I wasn't interested at all, but I went into the tent and sat down and um there was a pastor from America there and while he started to preach, a tears came down my face, and I wiped him away, and I thought, "Man, what was that i didn't un- I didn't know what was going on, so I walked out of the tent, that was the end of that. but I realized now, of course Jeremiah says I have loved thee with an everlasting love." Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee? And I looking back, I realized God was drawing me right then. But nothing happened for three years. I started to get. I started. I changed from cycling to triathlons. Hmm. So I was still trying to win the gold medals. And um, we we decided. I went to university and did registered nursing. And it was during that time that we started to build a house, and we had no electricity and no power. So we're building this house on an acreage in Ipswich. And um, I had nothing to do. I couldn't watch TV. So what could you do? Well, someone had given us a little magazine. It was a photocopy of a book called What's Behind the New World Order. I picked that up because I had no TV. I had nothing else to do. I picked it up and read it. And it was a book, a compilation really of the great controversy of the end times and as a Seventh Adventist, knowing those things, but not living, not, not acting on those things, it was enough for that God needed me to wake up. And when I read that book, I just knew I was lost. And so, right there, I gave my heart to God. But still I was cycling. And, uh, I thought, boy, what a book. I've got to, I've got to get this book out. I and so it was only a photocopy, so I went to photocopy it, and I realized the church had boxes of them. And here I am photocopying a book that they had boxes of them anyway. So it, that was fine. But there was, it was a time when I was on my push bike for the last time, basically, and I was out training on my $5,000 push bike. And uh, right as though, Nick, you're talking to me, God said, he said to me, he said, what are you trying to win gold medals for? He said, come and follow me. So three years before the tears came down, the tears came again, and and it was at the right time that God called, because I'd had enough, basically, and he was softening my heart. I'd read the book, I knew I was lost, and then I made a decision, and I said, that's it, I've finished. So I rode home that night, uh, parked my bike in the garage, and I said to my wife, I said, that's it, no more, uh, sports finished, now I'm going to follow God. And um, she was shocked. Because she did, she, we married in cycling. You know, funny thing, she'd never seen me with hairy legs, Nick. Mm. Never seen me with hairy legs because I'd always shave legs because of cycling. Yes. So she didn't like that. Room. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that was that was a significant thing. But then God talked to me again because I was in my third year of nursing last year, and I had to do uh, two things. I had to I uh, was doing a an elective on. Um, that we had to give a, a lecture to the uni students and one of them was on vegetarianism and God said to me, the Holy Spirit said to me that you're going to do this but you're going to tell them you're a Seventh-day well I was not ready for that and so I decided no I'm not going to do that so I said no I'm not, I decide I'm not going to do that I'll, I'll cancel those electives I'll finish the, the basic nursing and then I'll, I'll pick up those electives again next year so I went for a 10k run which I did But while I'm running, the Holy Spirit's saying, Gavin, you've got to finish that course. I said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. And here I am running along the road at 10K and God's, because I might have been called, I might have accepted him, but I wasn't ready to make him king yet. Mm -hmm. And here I am arguing with the Holy Spirit along the road. I'm not going to finish that course. I got home that afternoon and that night and I went to bed and I could not sleep and uh I got out of bed I said, "Okay, I'll do it. I got out of bed to start the assignment. I couldn't do it. It was hard. And I said, no, I can't do it. went back to bed. Well, a couple of days of this and I'm in turmoil. And do you know, Nick, the only thing that got me to do that course was I realized in Gethsemane, Jesus said, "Uh, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus didn't want to really go and have his back flogged and have him nailed to the cross. And I realised that if Jesus could do that for me, I could do a silly, you know, assignment for Him. And so that, that got me through it. And I got up and I did that course. And I really I know now why God wanted me to do that course right then was because uh, I if I hadn't of I wouldn't have been able to graduate. And also the, the next year we were we, we moved out to Ladley uh, and there we started the Seventh Day Adventist Church. And I realised that if if I hadn't of if I hadn't have finished the course, that wouldn't have happened. And so God wanted me to do that so that we could go out and uh, start a church at Layley, which we did for the last 17 years. And so after that uh, experience, I still continued to write songs, and uh, and I wrote this song called Be Like Jesus, and um, I think I'm going to sing it for you.
0: Yes, I uh, actually would love that, uh, Gavin. Uh, this is in the footsteps of Jesus from down under with Gavin Doug. And he's going to play for us a song which he wrote. He's brought a guitar with him here. And uh, we'll have a song just play it right now here for you, our listeners. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back to hear more from uh, Gavin. Yeah.
2: Take my life and help me see That your blood was shed for me Give me all the strength I need To help me be like you And when I work and while I play Be there by my side always And when I'm tempted to do wrong Help me call on you For I would be like you In everything I do Please help me over Come, my sins and wash me pure within. For I would be like you, yes, I would be like you, and now to walk with you always. Be there by my side always And with the victories I'll grow To one day be like you For I would be like you In everything I do Please help me over my sins and wash me pure within For I would be like you Yes I would be like you be like Jesus this my song be like Jesus. All day long I would be like you For I would be like you In everything I do Please help me overcome my sins And wash me pure For I would be like you Yes, I would be like you Yes, I would be like you
0: Welcome back. This is in the footsteps of Jesus, and our guest today is Gavin Dag. Beautiful song, Gavin. I would like to be like Jesus. Yes, be like Jesus. Or be like Jesus. You love to write songs and to you play it beautifully. Uh, just before before we go further, uh, Gavin, to hear more of your uh, story, miracles in your life. I would like to just uh, maybe very briefly. Ask you. You are married, uh, have a family, yes. Yes. And uh, I know that you are uh, serving now uh, as a pastor. Now, when I um, the reason I'm mentioning this because you said oh, I'm not a pastor, you know, I'm a lay uh, yes. pastor, a lay person. But yeah, you are uh, called to look after a small church. What you're not able to do, maybe when you thought that you are good. You know God's seeing you now what you can do, yes. please share with us a bit more about your story,
1: okay, so um when we decided to um we, we were building that house there, as we talked about, and we were living in a bus, and that's when we read the book, and my wife read the book as well, and we both basically decided to accept Jesus again and to work for him, uh, where we weren't doing, we were just going along with the flow, and you know we started Bible study again. So, we just finished this house and it was quite a nice house. You know, I was quite proud of it and I'd put uh, some quite expensive gold taps in the bathroom. And do you know, when we made a change and we decided to change, we didn't want that house anymore. Strangest thing. You know, it wasn't a flash house by today's standard, but it was a good house. And, and um, not long after that, we got a knock on the door and a real estate agent came along and he said, uh, We've got to buy it for your house if you're interested we'd only been there 9 months we hadn't even done the front yard but we were thinking we didn't want it and uh, i th- and i said to my wife i said oh we've heard that before you know but i said well maybe it's possible maybe we should start looking for a block but let me just backtrack a couple of weeks before that we'd gone for a drive out towards ladyle the west of brisbane there and we were going through a, a nice little uh, area and I looked over on the left and there was a beautiful some beautiful blocks there and I, and I said to my wife, I said that's nice, but we I mean we just finished building a house, so we weren't really looking at that stage, but we saw this block. Now we got the knock on the door, and I said to my wife, Well maybe we should look around for some blocks. We went down to I happened to go down to the local supermarket just where we live there at Amberley, and there was a block for sale. And I thought, I wonder where that block is. Now we're forty kilometers away from Maidley, I rang him up. It wasn't the same area. It was the actual block that I'd seen two weeks before, and here is a forty kilometres away in the window the block for sale. So we thought that was a sign, mm-hmm. and um, so we the gentleman uh, came back and he did buy a block, b- bought our house for what we asked for it, didn't knock us down, and and we went and bought that actual block that we'd seen two weeks before absolute miracle that it would be in the window where we lived the window where it was was about two kilometers away from where we lived wow and so i think i was meant to go to Laidley, but and so we moved out to Laidley, which is 40 kilometers west of ipswich and uh, that's where because i was working at ipswich hospital then and then over the time period there for a few years we were there and i was working at ipswich one particular day, I, I had to sing at Toowoomba. I had to go to Esk for something else. I had to go, and I did 300 kilometres on a Sabbath. And I thought to myself, "What what a waste of time that is!" You know, on the Sabbath driving, and there was no actual church at Ladley at the time. So we prayed about it, and God impressed us with a few other people that we should start a church there because there was no church there. And so um, we started the church, and uh, we didn't know what we what we were doing. We had no idea. We this was back in Net 99 times when Doug Batchelor was around and um, Doug Batchelor had actually just been at Ipswich and I sang at his uh, when he gave his testimony. But um, we decided to run Net 99. We had no, um, no money and we just prayed. A Uniting Church pastor gave us a video projector from another church and we hired the cultural centre and you know we had to hire it for 24 nights. We got every night available which was a a God thing, you know we knew it had to had to be, and uh, we were able to raise the money to run that net ninety nine. We started letterboxing, we letter boxed fifteen thousand and um and, and for a little town of about five thousand, we had about twenty people come and we baptized a couple of people from that from that ministry and from that evangelistic program and we continued to work there and um, and and during that time of about seventeen years of working in Ladley we eventually became a church, of course, and uh, I was the head elder, and, uh, but a lot of trouble, a lot of stress, a lot of um, things didn't go the way. We didn't think we were really doing a good job, but every time we got down, the Holy Spirit continued to say, we've brought you here for a reason. Don't give up. Keep going. And it was just the other day when I did my testimony at our church, I realized that why were we there for 17 years? What were we doing? And then I wrote down the people that were baptized and we came to about 26 people that got baptized mm. over those times, mm. you know, and they're not all there now, but some have gone other places. But I realized that God put us there for a purpose. And, you know, Nick, it was probably for for us a lot of the times Sure. to train us. Sure. We think we're working for God, but God's working for, working in us and, mm. and, and testing us and trying us. But uh, we learned a lot of things there and, and we just love to work there and, and um, but, but really, you know, when I look back, I realize that I was working a lot. Of course, we make the mistakes of working in our own strength, and we've really got to trust God and pray and, and let him really direct us. And I guess it was uh, 2010 that we decided I was working uh, at Laley by then, and we decided to have a trip with my wife, and um, I've got five children. Uh, two of them are, are older then, are older. so we went around with uh, my three other children. Um, and we went to um, down to Adelaide and up to Darwin because we used to live in Darwin, of course. And, you know, uh, I look back and I can see God arranged that just for me. I don't know about anyone else, but he arranged it just for me because uh, there was a p- pastor there that took um, a series, a camp meeting. It was the camp meeting of the Darwin church, and we went along, and it was on Rochester's by Faith. Hmm. Even though I'd been working, the head elder, working for many years and baptizing people, uh, something touched me right there. And, and during that time, he had five sermons, and every sermon I couldn't stop crying. And I, I thought it was a bit embarrassing, and I'm looking around and said, who else is affected like this? I don't know if anyone else was affected, mm-hmm. but it's the timing, isn't it? God's timing. And I was affected, and I realized that I needed Jesus. And, uh, and that's why not long after that, I wrote the song, I Used to Be Good mm and uh because the closer we come to Jesus, the more we see ourselves with who we really are, yeah, and we're really rotten inside, yeah and we need that that the relationship with Jesus, and of course, when we come to that conclusion which I came that there's no other way, there's no other way to be saved, only having a relationship with jesus and um and so you know, I was doing the right things, like Paul, keeping the commandments and killing people at the same time and so <laughs> amazing things you know and so so i realized that i was similar to that and so that's why i wrote the song i used to be good mm. now uh, gavin just before you sing for us that song
0: what would you say to our listeners to encourage uh, to help from your own experience as you learn during your life you know that uh, not always as you thought you're on the right way or the right track you know but just to be guided by God would you have a word of encouragement or something which you like to share with our listeners before we'll hear that beautiful song I used to be good
1: yes well it's a very difficult thing the mystery of godliness I mean when you're before this time I didn't realize I was like that but you know the one thing that we did is that God led us step by step and no matter what the step We must remain faithful at every step of our growth. And so I look back, and as the disciples were called to take the gospel to the world, the day before the crucifixion, they were still fighting. They went right with God completely, but God still used them. So to people out there who who want to do something for God, no matter where you are in life, you just be faithful what you know. And as you go on, God will reveal to us our true character. And then it's up to us to... Move on and to repent and to grow each day, but if God has called us to realize that God loves us, He wants to use us just the way we are, and He in turn will clean us and make us uh, right as we as we go and thats and I was surprised I thought I knew everything when I first became a Christian, but at looking back, I realized i didn 't even know Christ hmm. but the wonderful thing is that God still used me where exactly where I was. Hmm. And uh, that's the compassion and patience of God. And so we should be compassionate and patient with other people as well.
0: Yes, thank you very much, Gavin, uh, for that. And uh, thank you for taking uh, a bit of time.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, you are visiting uh, at the moment in Adelaide. You are actually in Port uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. Uh, but we were able to catch up with you. And I believe this was a divine appointment um, to hear your story. Yes. To our dear listeners, thank you for uh, tuning in with us. Please uh, stay with us as we'll close with a song which we just announced I used to be good. But until then, please don't forget keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.
2: Used to be good keeping the Sabbath like I know I should. I used to be fine, even though Jesus was really on my mind. But then you came into my heart. Broke my heart, you made me whole. You saved my soul. I used to be right, keeping the law with all my might. I used to be fine Even though Jesus Was really on my mind But then you came into my soul You broke my heart You made me whole You saved my soul Christ's righteousness is all I need It fills my life with your love Cause Christ's righteousness fills me within It causes me to do what's right I used to be good Paying my tithes Like I know I should I used to be fine Even though Jesus Was really on my mind But then you came into my soul You broke my heart, you made me whole You saved my soul